BBCC episode 22, my realization of the day. I didn't mention it in the upcoming interview, but is Jim Varney kinda hot? I'm not saying I would date Ernest the character or anything, but Jim Varney has a very charming smile amidst all of his weird facial contortions. Bizarre big dick energy this one has. I don't know. I totally kiss him, though. That's all I'm saying. So, here, let me go ahead and kiss you guys, too. Mwah, 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 mwah. Because welcome to the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. Hold on, more water. Give y'all a little extra ASMR. It's hot out here in LA. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. I am your host, Devon Taylor, aka Daddy Disco, aka Ghostface Troll Killer. I am your host, and this is a podcast where I get high and I fly through the subgenres of horror, each month is themed, and then we go beyond that, getting into all the details that we love about our favorite genre films. It's October, which means it is time for the first annual Bloody Pumpkins Bonanza movies set on or around Halloween. We have special guests every episode, all month long, maybe a couple bonus solo episodes too. Man, I am super excited for all the tricks and treats I have in store for you guys. But before we meet our special guest for today's episode, can we talk about five-star iTunes reviews? Real simple, guys. It takes 60 seconds and does wonders for the show. These aren't reviews for me to touch myself to at night, okay? They help spread the podcast to more listeners. So help me grow this cult, I mean club, by clicking the five stars and leaving daddy some sweet words. I love you guys like Jason loves interrupting foreplay, but enough bullshit. I will see you guys on the other. Welcome back to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club, and I am finally here with our special guest. Um, You might have seen her work on Twitter it blows up sometimes because it's magnificent artwork, or you might have even seen it featured on The Last Drive-In with Joe Bob Briggs. We have the stitch keeper herself, Chelsea. Welcome to the Blade Blunt Cinema Club. Thank you for joining. Thank you for having me. Yeah, I'm super excited to have you on. You are uh, kicking off October, all the Halloween-esque episodes that we're doing here on Blade Blunt Cinema Club for October. All the movies that we are covering will take place on or around Halloween because, you know, spooky season and all that good shit. But to introduce you guys uh, to our special guest, Chelsea, why don't you give us a little bit on your horror background and uh, also when you started doing these wonderful crochet 
uh, little dolls that you do? Or it's not crochet. Or do you do, uh, what's the other one? Yeah, it is crochet. Okay, it is crochet. The other one is knitting. Yeah, like I know that there's yeah, like a crochet. distinct Yeah, it is crochet. I'm not a fan of knitting. <laughs> You're not a fan of knitting. It's funny. I always, I know certain people that are I'm like, not. that feel like people that knit usually like to do both but like people that just crochet usually stick to just crocheting I've noticed because I have a friend that she she absolutely yeah. loves crocheting too yeah it's kind of too separate I mean um for making clothes and that I find knitting would be fantastic but I just find it very hard to shape with so I prefer the crochet I've not against knitting I just prefer the crochet version <laughs> Oh, I got you. Yeah, we we are not hating on knitting on this podcast here. So what what was the <laughs> what was the first doll that you did? I made a little. It was like a little Exorcist doll, but it wasn't called the Exorcist. I had up a book, and it was called Super Scary Crochet, and I believe it was um, written by Nikki Trench. And um, yeah, she just had a little doll in there that kind of looked like the exorcist, but you go for legal reasons, it wasn't the exorcist. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I did that up and I loved it. And I was just, I really enjoyed it from there. You kind of figure out how she did it, how you make your own shapes and all that. And I just went from there. Oh, that's so cool. And so there's like, yeah, it's just something like very fun and random that I enjoy that you do. And like, I mean, they are like the cutest things. I'm definitely going to buy one from you at some point. And uh, I don't know, have you commissioned one? Yeah. But um, I absolutely like loved, uh, I remember uh, your Candyman one was like absolutely fantastic. I love that one because that's one of my favorite movies and characters. Um, what is your favorite one that you've done so far? I made a huge, and I actually just recently uh, posted it on Twitter again. And it was a cue, the winged serpent. And um, she took like a month and a half or something to make. Um, but she was beautiful, but I really liked her and she was like completely posable and had the big wings. Um, and I like every Jason I make. I absolutely love. I just, he's my favorite one to make. It doesn't matter what style. I just truly enjoy making the Jason dolls. Yeah. There's like, ver there's a lot of variety to Jason, like in like the small details between the different iterations of Jason. That's what I've always appreciated about that character. So I can imagine you have like uh, yeah. Yeah, various different ones. Yeah, each one I kind of just um, look at photos of the Jason in that film. You know what I mean? I don't just pick a random Jason. If you want, you know, part five or part six or, you know, I'll look at Jason's from that to make sure I get all the exact details, like the rips to the little marks on the hockey mask, as detailed as it can be, you know, using yarn, of course, but... Yeah, that's what, like, I think is just, like, the coolest thing is, like, how much detail you're able to get out of the yard. Uh, do you usually, mm -hmm. do you usually stick off the, the patterns of the book, or do you just kind of use that as a guide and then make your own? No, no, I haven't used that book in years. That book just kind of got me started. Um, it was very for learning. Um, I write my own patterns now. Well, I I write them, but only I can read them, kind of. Um, a lot of people say, could you put a pattern out? I'm like, I could, but, you know, you want to be able to read it. It's all sort of mumble-jumble right now, but um, I'm working on that. And, yeah, I write my own patterns. I have a doll pattern that I go off of and kind of tweak and, you know, move them around so that they whatever character I'm making. 
Uh, yeah, I love it. So that means, yeah, you just came in and, you know, the book gave you that framework and now you're able to like make it your own and yeah, do your exactly. own style. And is, does that mean a book is coming soon that you do, that you're going to try to like put it in a accessible manner for people or is this just for your own record keeping? Uh, um, right now it's for my own record keeping. I would love to have some patterns come out and write them, but so very time consuming. And I'm one person, so I have a lot to, unusually the dolls take about six to eight hours just to complete one. So all my time usually goes to that. But one day, hoping I could get the patterns out there somehow for people to actually, you know, have them and make their own. It would be nice. Yeah, that, I think that would be super cool. I could totally see that as, you know, the the little tiny uh, table side booklet or something like I think that would be that'd be real nice. So what is uh, to give the people, uh, you know, your background in horror a little bit like when did you when did you get into horror? And then like when did and then did you like start when you were doing the dolls? Like was it strictly you start with horror films or did that like kind of come later? No, I've always been a horror fan. I've probably been watching it um, at an earlier age than I should have been. But my dad loved it. And so I've, I've always enjoyed the things I did what I loved, which is I just started with those and I never really left the genre, I guess. Yeah, I, I was uh, I was one of the people that I started probably way too young as well. Or maybe not too young because I don't even think that there is a too young to get into horror, but maybe it's just like what horror you were watching at that, at that age. Cause like, yeah, I was, I was like watching like the fly at age seven. And I think that's like a little much, but you know, it happens. Yeah. I think it all depends on the child too. And there's a lot of good horror movies out there that aren't, you know, super gore. And I wasn't, you know, watching things like Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street at like four. But I was watching things like Jaws or House or I think I watched Kudo when I was about five or six. But yeah, you know, there are movies out there where it's just about the monster. And that's really what I was about as a kid. I always kind of wanted to see the creature. So my dad would let me watch the like creature feature film. Things with really cool effects that weren't, you know, bloody as hell. but just fun oh yeah for sure I think it was like like I just went straight into the hard stuff because I was like reading like Goosebumps too early as well and like because like even that even though Goosebumps is like geared like for like you know a younger audience like it is definitely like you know a little bit more intense and like more horror driven and And so it's like, I like went straight into that. And then like, whenever I would watch movies that like were the ones that were geared towards the younger audience, I would like get bored by them. And I was just like, oh, like, this is like kind of whatever. Like, I mean, The Gate is like one of those movies I think is like real is like rides that line like perfectly of like being for the younger audience, but yet still being like pretty damn scary. So, like, the gate was, like, cool, but, like, a lot of, like, younger-centric horror, like, just didn't jive with me, and I, and we'll get into that a little bit more with, uh, whenever we get into the movie portion 
of uh, the podcast, we are talking, we're talking some silly movies uh, to start off October, guys. This is, we are, we are inching into the, to the real good stuff, but I haven't had a real like silly episode yet. So we're talking some good silly movies, but to give people um, a little bit of your kind of your taste in movies a little bit and also just like you know what you've been watching do you have like a couple like recent watches or like recommendations that you'd have to like kind of give uh, the people a little insight into what you're into I do I recently watched one called Play Dead and um, I bought it randomly when Vinegar Syndrome was having a sale because I always buy one film that I know I want and then I just pick a random and it happened to be play dead and it's about a killer dog but not like who like this dog doesn't attack it just kills people and I don't want to give the whole plot away but if you get a chance to watch it I highly recommend it it's kind of like um I don't know if you remember that show the littlest hobo but it's kind of like that but version I guess um it's fantastic though I do recommend checking it out. I have not heard of that movie or The Littlest Hobo, so I'll add them both to my list because that just sounds hilarious. <laughs> my Littlest Hobo is, but uh, but okay. Uh, yeah. I I feel like I've heard that before because as soon as you said that, like you didn't want to give it away, I feel like I've heard of this movie. Like people talk about it and um, the the twist behind it and stuff. But I don't know what it is, so I won't even look it up. I'll just add it to the list and then I'll watch it at some point and that'll be that. I won't even look it up. But you have to be high as fuck when you watch this movie. I mean, to get the full joy of it. I mean, of course. I mean, that's the that's the key to get the full joy out of any horror movie for me. So I will just make sure. Yeah, I will like I'll stack it up. I'll be like smoking and do the edibles. I'll stack it up for that movie. And did you have another one? Yes. Well, I'm going to take this chance to just tell you some of my favorite movies because some of these were rewatches. Actually, this one wasn't. I recently watched this one. It's called Yummy. And I think it's coming out in Canada on Shutter next week, I believe, or this week. I don't even know what day it is, but it is coming out and I do recommend it. It's very good. It's a horror comedy zombie kind of movie. And I just really, I, I liked it had the perfect blend of gore and comedy to just make it perfect. I almost watched that the other night. Um, uh, so I haven't seen it yet, but for the audience, uh, the American audience, it is available on American shutter currently, but that is uh dope. That's coming to Canadian shutter as well. But yeah, I w- I almost watched it the other night and <laughs> I felt like I was just like a smidge too sleepy and then I was like, ah, I'm a smidge too sleepy. I got to, you know, pay a little extra attention because it's uh, German, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, the subtitles. Yeah, you got to watch those. Yeah. So I will definitely be checking that out here real soon. And uh, yeah, what's another one of your just like favorites? Um, one I watched the other day because I watched it at least like once, sometimes twice a month is the Dawn of the Dead remake. I absolutely adore that movie. So I'm sure everybody has seen it, but I I recommend watching it again because it's just fantastic. You're talking the Zack Snyder one, right? That remake? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I like that one too. Like, I like it a lot. Fucking zombie for the win. Yeah. And it's terrifying. Like, that first opening scene is just perfect. And when that girl just, like, fucking books it down the hall at... um, the other chick, uh, Sarah, Sarah Polly is her name yeah. as the actress. Is that her name in the 
show too. I'm not sure, but that scene <laughs> was just Anna. That was her name, Anna. When that little girl just books it down the hall at Anna and um, it all just goes downhill from there and it's perfect. I love it. I think it's, I mean, it's for one, it's like a really great blend of like the action and horror. And I think that's always like the key to a good zombie movie. But like, I think it might be like Zack Snyder's like best like character work as far as uh, his films go. Like he really like, you know, fleshed out the ensemble enough to where it's like you care about everybody and uh, you, you believe in you buy into the relationships in between the characters and stuff like that. And uh, that's obviously like really important for a good zombie movie to work as well. So uh, yeah, I absolutely love uh, that pick. I recently, um, just to be able to plug a thing that I'm also doing, but I just watched this movie recently, is um, I watched Sleepaway Camp for the first time not too long ago. and um, Oh, did you love it? I did love it. Um, of course, the ending was already, I already knew it, unfortunately. I, I, I actually managed to avoid spoilers for Sleepaway Camp up until like six months ago. And then I like, I was watching a video and then it came up and I like, was like too far away from the remote to like click the video off. And I was like, no. And so I did get spoiled by it, but still a very, it's just like a fun movie. Like I... I had always people like kind of described it as like, you know, like one of those like B movies or like, uh, it's so bad that it's good. And I'm like, no, not at all. Like, it's actually like just like it's an entertaining slasher. It's nothing like great or anything, but I love the characters and I love how much the kids cuss in this movie because that's exactly how like 12 and 13 year olds talk. And I absolutely love that. Um, it's a, yeah, I did really enjoy it. It was the strangeness of it. Aunt Martha, I wish she was in the entire movie. Uh, does she pop up in the sequels? I haven't gotten to the sequels yet, but, uh, yeah, Sleepaway Camp was a goodie and I don't think she does. She doesn't? Ah, yeah. I think they do like, uh, like recap kind of thing. Like, you know, this is what happened sort of thing, but, uh, I don't think she as a main character in them i want to make the aunt martha movie because what like i mean well let's do it right now we we (laughs) we shall i mean like how to make it uh, your presence known in just like three random scenes i was just like why is she the only one acting like this too i don't know i i i love that but i'm doing a a uh, live a live uh table read with this YouTube channel, it's called Scripts Gone Wild, and I've done a couple of them. I did, um, we do drunken table reads via Zoom, and um, we do this for a different charity for each one. And I just, uh, I will be doing the Sleepaway Camp one, which will, at the time of recording this, or at the time of release date of this, will be on next week. So check that out, it shall be really fun. It's just like every time like certain words are said, you got to take drinks and then you got to take like finish your drink during certain lines. And and uh, it's a lot of fun. And uh, you guys should definitely check that out. So that will be a goodie. And then what is what's uh, one more that I have not shared with you guys yet? Another first time watch just because I was uh, watching a bunch of 80s movies 
uh, I watched Fright Night for the first time because I'd seen the remake already with uh, Colin Farrell and Anton Yelkin, which I mm, might like more, but that's a discussion for a whole other podcast episode. But this one, um, I finally saw. I'm with you. I prefer the remake. Yeah. Like, I think it's just, uh, I don't know. Like, I think it's, I think it's Anton Yelkin, honestly, is he makes such a bigger difference. It 100% is. Like, you really care about him a little bit more. He's just a better, it's just a better performance. Because, like, the kid in the original Fright Night, he kind of sucks. And he kind of drags the movie down a lot. <laughs> but uh, worth it to see uh, what everybody's talking about when they say talk about how sexy Chris Sarandon is. And I get it. I mean, he fucking, he fucking works those sweaters and scarves in this movie. And, the, and that perfectly quaffed hair. Like, yeah, like, I get it now. I, I see I see the appeal. But Colin Farrell, though, too. Mm, I don't know. Because Colin Farrell, he he brings the heat. I know. In his Fright Night, too. Yeah, the, he he brings it, but that's a whole other podcast. So, so we can't go too deep. So let's go ahead and get into the actual movies for this episode. <laughs> so... Chelsea brought with us Ernest Scared Stupid. I had not seen this movie. I really haven't seen too many of the Ernest movies. Uh, I saw Ernest Goes to Jail at some point, and then I, I and then I like knew of the existence of Slam Dunk Ernest, but that's about it. I hadn't I hadn't seen anything else. It is directed by John Cherry. Ernest is uh, this character played by Jim Varney, and. What was it about this movie that you wanted to uh, talk about today on the podcast? Everything. (laughs) Everything about this movie is just like perfection. Um, When it comes to a family scary film, um, it's just, I I was at first when I saw it as a kid, I remember I'd rent it like again and again, like it was ridiculous because we had to go to the rental store and rent your little videos and keep them for a week and then bring them back, back in the day. And, uh, I really liked trolls. Like it has these, the, the FX in this film is just absolutely fantastic for, you know, that age that I'm out. So trolls are your, are your monster of choice here. And, uh, that is a very good reason to pick this movie because the trolls in this movie are fantastic. They're absolutely disgusting. Um, they're like covered in like snot and, (laughs) You know, you got the good, like, I, I I did always love, like, this aesthetic of monster that you typically got in a, in a family, like, a centric horror movie. Like, I don't know what it was about, like, that late 80s, early 90s, like, era, and using, like, that kind of, um, that look, because they, like, kind of had the look of, like, something out of, like, the never-ending story, or something like that. But I did love, I did yeah. love the effects, though. Yeah, and um, this I only found this out like I'm gonna say like maybe a few months ago. Those trolls are actually like you know the film Killer Clowns from Outer Space. They're actually like oh, the molds of those clowns, right? 
Yeah. So now that I watch it and I know that you can t- completely see like, you know, where they shaped some of the clown faces and all that, which would make sense as to why I was so, why I liked those trolls so much as a kid. Cause I also liked those clowns. Yeah, I can, t- that totally makes sense. I didn't, I didn't do too much research before this because I didn't, I, I didn't suppose that Ernest Scared Stupid had too much research to do, but that's a very interesting, <laughs> that's a very interesting connection though. I could totally see it like in the noses and, uh, and like, that's a like cool idea to like, just like add on to that design already to make this just like really grotesque looking thing. Um, they, they definitely are like the standout part of the movie. So in terms of like, are you just like, are you a fan of the Ernest franchise in general, or is it just this one that does it for you? Not really. I mean, I did watch Ernest as a kid because it was a very wholesome movie that your parents could just pop on. And so I did see a few of them, but I didn't watch them all the time. Like, um, it wasn't like we could just watch whatever we wanted. As I mentioned, you kind of have to go to the video stores and pick a movie. So it was kind of like a treat. Uh, but I did watch a few of his films and I always enjoyed him. Um, if I, I have a kid and if she's bored, if I popped on an earnest movie, I would know she's in good hands. You know, they're just very wholesome family films. Oh, they are like the definition of wholesome you know, I was watching it earlier this morning before recording and it like, you know, it, it definitely, it just like felt like a, I felt like I was just sitting at the table eating bowl after bowl of cereal, you know, it just gives you that kind of feeling. And, um, I, like I said, I hadn't really seen too many of the other earnest ones, but yeah, it's definitely just like very wholesome fun. But of course, when you watch it stoned, you see all the like very weird things in in family movies which I love and there was plenty of weirdness to pick apart in this movie um overall I did have a good time for my first time watching it was a good time like it's a it's just a fun one it's definitely like like if you want to show like if you want to show a four-year-old a horror movie here you go like this is the one to show them and it it definitely is like very wholesome but so you're not a you're not a, i mean you so you've been around the earnest block but you're not like a an expert or anything but can you could you explain to me why his dog's name is rimshot <laughs> I, I think it's because he's got that little like circle around his eye <laughs> Because I remember watching as a kid and I didn't think anything of it. And I was like, oh, it's because he's got that little circle. And now I'm like, well, that name's a little, I, I don't know, but it is what it is. Uh, I did not, my mind did not. I mean, I just can't tell if it's like one of those planted adult jokes in the family movies type deal. Or if it, they genuine just like made that the name. Because I mean, they say it so many times throughout the movie and that's that made me giggle more than anything else in this movie it's just every time what are we gonna do rimshot help me rimshot Ooh, you're such a good boy rimshot and i'm like uh. <laughs> like if you wanted to do a drinking game for this movie and just drink every time he says rimshot ooh, you you'd be done you'd be done for we should do a drinking game and drink every time let's see well not right now of course but uh i i think i in the future 
I think I might make it two thirds of the way through the movie at best if if we attempted that feat. It, it'd be dangerous. So for those of you that uh, if you have not seen Ernest Scared Stupid, um, at the beginning of the movie we have a descendant of Ernest. Um, he they banish a troll. They like uh they put it in a bag and then bury it alive, which is kind of a fucked up way to open this family movie. I know it's like the bloodless death, but like that damn, that's still pretty fucked up, you know? Like and so they they bury this troll alive and then of course, um it can only be reawoken by another uh shit, what's Ernest's last name? Worrell, another Worrell. And of course, Ernest does the things later in the movie when he's hanging out with some kids in a treehouse. He hangs out with kids a lot in this movie, a little too much for my comfort. We'll get to that in a minute. And he accidentally awakens this troll. And then the troll is capturing the souls of said children that he has now put in danger. And they, um, the troll runs amok. Ernest is doing his best to capture a troll. Nobody believes him because he's Ernest and nobody, you know, think everybody thinks he's crazy because he is crazy. I mean, he very much is crazy and it's up to Ernest to, you know, figure out how to get the trolls back. You got Eartha Kitten here playing, uh, uh, you know, like Tennessee, like swamp witch lady. I love it. Her name is Hackmore. I'm a sucker for tiny jokes in movies. Eartha Kitt's always a win. And it's a, you know, it's a movie of just fun, wholesome, family movie horror shenanigans. How many times do you think you've seen this movie, Chelsea? Oh, I've seen it so many times, I probably couldn't count. Um, I used to watch it only on Halloween, so it's reasonable. That was like my Halloween tradition. But... My kid absolutely loves this movie, so she went through a phase where we just kind of had it on repeat for about a week or so. Um, but I didn't mind. It's one of those movies where if it's background noise, it's always nice to have on. It's not annoying, so I allowed it. Yeah, it is definitely, um, yeah, you can, like I said, you can. You, you might be able to trust in an earnest movie popping it on for your kids but can you trust an earnest with your kids in the movie um it was it with like movies in in the 90s like family movies that whenever they're just like hey if the adult is stupid it's cool to just like hang with them and stuff and i mean the cop dad obviously isn't very happy about this but like all the other parents they don't seem too bothered about their kids spending all this time with ernest in the woods that's just something that i was like that's what like it was just that aesthetic back then you know they were okay with that but then as soon as like you know um but they won't protect you from like the sadistic like kid bullies out there they'll leave you with the adult but like won't protect you from the kids what was up with like yeah. bullies in the nineties too? Like they were so aggressive. Yeah. And I, I think though what they were trying to do with a lot of the films in like the nineties was the town was just a very small community. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I like when movies just make it like kind of like they're away from the rest of the world. Like, you know, they are in the world, but this is just a town. Everybody trusts each other. Nothing bad happens sort of 
thing. And I kind of, I enjoy when films do that because it just kind of gives a reason why people are kind of like that. Oh yeah, for sure. It's like definitely one of those, you know, smaller town, like everybody kind of looks out for each other and, and it definitely was more that way. Mm uh back then i mean i'm i'm from the midwest as well so like i definitely like know know those towns that are like that but it's just i don't know it, it's like it's a funny trope to me when they're just like ah oh, that adult's an idiot he can you guys can go hang <laughs> he's too stupid to do anything weird to you or murder you or anything which like i i would love to see like um the like rated R take on Ernest where like in a, like it with a real, in like a real horror movie. And it's just like, like it, the town is like invaded by like, I don't know, like a demon biker gang or something. And Ernest like accidentally like kills them all in like, you know, like Ernest fashion. I think that's the, the Ernest reboot that we need right now. That would be fantastic. Ernest fight zombies or something like that. Yeah. He could team up with, like, Nick Cage. I feel like that would be a good combo. Ernest and Nick Cage. Just Nick Cage. He, he, Nick Cage plays himself in, in this movie. Or even Ernest and, like, Ash Williams. That would be fantastic. Ooh. I'd watch that. At Ernest, Ernest versus the Evil Dead? The Ernest yeah. Dead? Yeah. Ash versus the Ernest Dead? Ooh. There we yeah. go. Now we're cooking. <laughs> So there was uh there was one thing that I really loved in this movie and it's like something I think I want to like try to bring back as a filmmaker is um and I feel like this was like very much just like the the I don't know if it's like the aesthetic of these movies but then I like kind of started thinking about it I was like hmm so they do these like um uh, they do these like continuous close up shots for the conversations where it's just like the camera just like keeps like going from like face to face while they're talking. And I'm like, is this for style or is this because like how the movie is like trying to like save shots because like, you know, like child film laws, you can only like film for so long and stuff. I bet that just saves a lot of shots on the day, but I feel like those shots are really fun though. They are. And they probably had to use all their money on those kick-ass troll costumes. That too. Yeah, they definitely had to save some money where they could. But um but yeah, I I, I definitely love it. Um uh, what are what's something else that you just like absolutely love about this film? Um I love that it was actually a little bit scary. There are some scenes where I remember as a kid just being terrified, like um the one where the girl's in the bed and then she just turns around and that big old troll is there and whatever turns her into the little wooden doll um eartha kit like the fact that she's in there i absolutely love her i think she's fantastic i think her character was absolutely fantastic um i like to channel my inner old lady hack more when i do my dolls i mean like i said eartha kit is always a win like she's so great and like and it's just like so funny like like, especially hearing, like, certain things that she'd say in this and, like, certain things that she'd scream. And, like, I would just, like, you know, I think Yzma a lot of the time. And um, she just has, like, such a very, like, distinct, like, yell. And I absolutely love it. And, and, and I do love that scene that you mentioned as well. There's something about, like, under the bed scenes 
that always manage to work, like, you know what's going to happen. It's either the scene, you, you know, they're going to check under the bed, there's not going to be something there, and then they're going to come up, and then there's going to be something there. We know how that scene goes every time, but yet somehow it always works. So I think that's just, like, one of those, like, one of those good film techniques that'll never get old. I really do appreciate it. Um, but yeah, Ernest Scared Stupid for my first time watches, like, of course, you know, you view it differently when you watch it as an adult for the first time. But, uh, but yeah, it is really fun because it actually does have some, uh, pretty thrilling sequences in it. The uh, effects on the trolls, like, are, like, very convincing and, like, very creepy as well. And, like, just really gross. So, yeah, it definitely is one of those movies that, like, yeah, you get the you get the wholesomeness of it um, as a family horror, but then you also get, um, you know, some some good some good spooks in there as well. Pretty solid spooks for sure. So to keep it in the silly mood. We have, um, I want to talk about another, um, you know, just like very silly horror movie, but we're going to the other, uh, end of the spectrum. We're going full raunchy adult with scary movie released in fucking, what year was it released in? 2000. It's been 20 years since scary movie was released. That is insane to me. Uh, Has it been 20 years? 20 years. Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. Oh my God. That's that's pretty wild. I'm not going to lie. I, 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 I put this movie on um, last night before I went to bed because I had to watch it again because I'd seen it when it came out, I guess, 20 years ago. <laughs> and uh, I hadn't seen it since, so I put it on. Um, I liked it better the second time watching it than I did the first one. Huh. That's actually very interesting. It's, a, it's yeah. definitely a movie I've seen way too many times. Um, I, I, I mean, I just, I've seen it so many times, like I could almost recite this entire movie to you if you wanted, but, um, uh, but that's so interesting that like, you know, cause I feel like it is one of those movies that like people have come around and like, they like to throw it out of like, oh my gosh, does this movie hold up? Oh, it's so problematic. Was it funny at all to begin with? And, like, all this blah, blah, blah. And, unfortunately, it gets, like, like so Scary Movie and Scary Movie 2 are the ones that were written by the Waynes brothers. The first one is directed by Keenan Ivory Waynes. And then after that, it was a whole different team. And it was the team that did all the other parody movies going on. The one they did, like, the superhero movie and disaster movie and, like, all the other bullshit. And they changed up the whole style of it, right? And then, so it's like, I feel like people, until they actually rewatch Scary Movie, don't realize that it's like, not like that at all. Or at least, um, we will find out what your take is, if that's how you felt about it. Like, would you say, is that like, did you like, kind of go into it thinking it was going to be like the other spoof movies and then like, like come out a pleasant surprise? Um, the thing is, I don't watch a lot of spoof movies. I just don't enjoy them in general i watch a few of them but my sense of comedy is just a bit on the darker side you know what i mean i'm not more for the raunchy kind of comedy but um i did i did enjoy some of the like like it was a good movie i can't say it's a bad movie i'm with the group that it's problematic of course 
but because it was, you know, black people making it, was it really that problematic? You know, they were, you know, hiring black people. They, if, if black directors want to portray black people like that, that is fine. And there is a satire to it where they're kind of making fun of everybody. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. It was, yeah, it was one of those movies that like, it, yeah, it, no one was safe and it comes after everybody. And that's like, if you're including everyone in on the fun and if the comedy works, then, you know, it can be what it is. But of course, like, I mean, comedy movies, I mean, just don't tend to age well in general because a lot of like the jokes will be kind of of the time or, you know, in a different, you know, place than where we are now as far as writing comedies go. But I feel like this movie, like, in terms of like, especially parodying, like, if you like watch this movie, like, after you watch Scream or I Know What You Did Last Summer, like, some of these scene recreations are, like, pretty great, and it this movie is just, like, it's one of those movies that has lots of little tiny details and, like, small jokes, and they're, like, you know, they're not going for anything intellectual here. They're, they're just trying to get the quick laughs, but I feel like they get enough of them to where it, like, works itself out. Well, and that's the thing. I, cu- I can't say it's a bad movie, because I did snicker and laugh a few times you know what I mean like it made me laugh so I will I, I can't say it was a terrible film um I laughed at the the part where she's out there like what are you waiting for and then he uh jumps <laughs> off the school roof I thought was pretty fantastic oh I mean yeah that's that's definitely like one of the best ones too like I love it's like and I know what you did last summer that scene is already like kind of ridiculous as itself so it's like how can you make that even more ridiculous when you parody and it's like and then they just like okay we're gonna go full over the top with it you know and and yeah and like you said like if if, it's a movie that it makes you snicker a lot and like because yeah this isn't like a big like gut punch laugh movie but it's like it like me and me and my lady we just like kind of had it on because I've seen it so many times so we just like kind of had it on the background like while I was like making dinner and stuff and like it just like is a consistent like makes me just like kind of go <laughs> like oh, oh that's a funny or like I even like noticed a few like like smaller details I hadn't noticed before like uh the name of their high school is B.A. Corpse High School B.A. Corpse and like I said, I'm a sucker. Oh, for, yeah. I'm a sucker for tiny jokes like that. Or um, there's like a. Yeah. There, yeah. There probably are a lot of little things. Yeah. It's there's uh, it, it definitely gets its laugh from laughs from a lot of the details. Like there was another thing that I never noticed is um, how they get away with like um, they're like product or like product brands and stuff in it. So they had like beers in the fridge. And they had them, like, still, like, in the same, like, colors and styles as, like, certain brands. So, like, one was in the style of stag beer, but it just said Satan. And then there was another one that said, instead of Miller Genuine Draft, it just said Killer Draft on it. And I was just like, oh, like, those are just, like, those are fun. Like, whoever, like, thought of that, like, just, like, tiny little detail. Because they're just like, we're going to get laughs, like, no, at, like, from wherever we can, whether it be the the sight gags, the dialogue, or like the parody itself, and I can appreciate like the variety of comedy that brings. Yeah, 
And the amount of money it probably saves making that movie. Yeah, the this movie this movie was made for nineteen mil. Like, I mean, for two thousand, that's like you know modest. I'd say for a for a big budget comedy, raked in two hundred seventy eight. Like, dang, made some money. And uh, you can definitely, obviously, I believe it. Uh, I actually, I remember I did an article. On like I've done an article, I've written an article about the first scary movie for Nightmare on Film Street, and then I've also I wrote like another article for a different website, and it was like like breaking down like the how much like the success of the franchise like this is like all of the movies like made like buku money like that, and it's it's pretty it's pretty wild, but um but like I said the the franchise kind of it goes in its own direction like um. Like, have you seen any of the other ones? I mean, I'm assuming not if you haven't seen this one since the beginning or since its release. No, I watched one of them and it was the one with the guy with the turkey hand. I just remember he had like that gross little hand and he was trying to like make them dinner. Yeah. And um, I don't know which one. That was either two or three. That was two. Okay. Then I saw two, but I have not seen any thereafter. And honestly, that's where you can. Because how many are there? There's five. There's okay. there's five total, and you have seen the best two. Just leave it at that. If you really, if you're really curious, okay. Like if you're really curious, check out Scary Movie Three. That one is actually pretty funny. But that's when they like switch over to that other style of like spoof movie. Like I call that like the spoof style versus like a scary movie one and two. I call them like more parodies because they actually still are their own movies. They're not just like a, a series of vignettes, you know, like throughout. Like it actually still is like a movie itself. And that's why I appreciate about um the first scary movie um uh as like that's like one thing that like sticks out to me big time. It's like it still feels like a movie to me. It's not just like, oh, like this is just a bunch of sketches, you know? Yeah. Oh, so that's what the other ones are like. It's just a bunch of different- I mean sketches there's no really story i mean they have the through line you know because um because they all because anna ferris is in all of them like she she carries over through all of them and then um regina hall is in like four out of five of them and they're the only ones that like continue on like there is stories but they are a lot more loose in their in their narrative structure Versus, I feel like they, like, really did, like, take just, like, the narratives of Scream and I Know What You Did Last Summer and, like, smashed that and, like, made that movie, but then just added, like, more jokes, like, on top of it. Yeah. There's a there's a specific scene that, like I said, I've seen this movie, I don't know how many times, but there's a scene, and it's so simple, and it gets me every time. I don't know if it does for the audience out there, but I gotta play you this clip. It's just... Bobby, look at my car, man! My dad's gonna freak! I didn't see it. It it came out of nowhere. Oh my god, we hit a boat! Where's the foot? The the line delivery there is just so earnest of where's the foot, like the timing of it. That scene (laughs) makes me giggle every single time I watch this movie. See, and I giggled at the where's the boot, or we hit a boot. Yeah, and that too. Yeah. Like, I thought that girl was just the funniest thing. Like, out, out of all of it, I truly enjoyed that dumb girl. Oh, yeah. I forget her name. That but, would be uh, Shannon Elizabeth, 
I definitely made sure to make a note. Um, Shannon Elizabeth, she's been in a bunch of horror movies throughout the years. She's a certified queen. Uh, she did make an appearance on Blade Blunt Summit Club when we talked 13 Ghosts. And uh, But yeah, Shannon Elizabeth, I mean, her specifically, I mean, I'd say this for the entire cast, but Shannon Elizabeth, she knew exactly which movie she was in. I mean, she really leaned into it and, like, just, like, pulled off. But, like, she's funny, though, too. Like, she wasn't just, like, the, like, hot character in it, like, there to be the dumb bimbo. She was. But she's also just, like, legitimately hilarious. Like, I love that scene. The scene in the the locker room where, um, where where the killer's, like, you know, messing with her and she's naming off all the tropes that she should be doing and she, like, breaks her own leg. And, like, she's still, like, screaming after her head is cut off. Like, that scene is hilarious. Uh, Shannon Elizabeth um, is definitely one of the MVPs of this movie for sure. But but not only just Shannon Elizabeth. I feel like the whole cast was, like, pretty pretty in on it. And, like I said, Anna Ferris, like, she stuck with it for the entire long haul. I mean, yeah, it was probably for the paychecks. But she's uh, she actually is pretty good in all the other ones. So, um, you say, you've seen two and two is really good. I actually like two a little bit more than one, but one actually like takes place on Halloween. And, um, but if you, if you are curious, I would say watch three, three is actually pretty funny, but it's not as much of a like actual movie as this one is. So I would, I I would say check out three. It's, it's worth it. It's, it's got, it's, it's worth a good amount of giggles. I'll, I'll say that. I'll have to check them out. But, you know, it's just, uh, it's, these are <laughs> both similar movies and the fact that you can just, like, kind of put them on and they will entertain whoever's just, like, face you need to entertain at the moment, whether it be some children and you put on Ernest Scared Stupid, or if you have a bunch of drunk adults or something and everyone's smoking, you put on Scary Movie, then they are also babysat for the evening as well. So these movies have that in common as well as both being taken place on Oh, we should switch it up one day. Switch it up. We'll play the kids, the scary movie. (laughs) We'll play the drunk people, Ernest Scared Stupid. I mean, I honestly think they will still yield the same results. I feel like both groups are still... uh, uh, They are both babysat sufficiently, and they will both enjoy their experiences. So, yeah, the crossover's there. It works either way. Absolutely. It does. (laughs) Yeah, I absolutely uh, loved watching both these movies. Um, you know, they are both nostalgic in different ways as well. Um, and a fantastic way to kick off the Halloween month here on Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. So before we let go of you, Chelsea, I want to ask, what is one of your favorite Halloween traditions? It's actually watching Ernest Scared Stupid. Um, I put it on every Halloween and I just sit down and I carve a pumpkin and just decorate the living room. It's just nice to have on as background noise. And it's absolutely, as soon as I put it on, I know Halloween is here. Do you, do you have stats? Like what's the, what's the streak? Do you know how many years you've consecutively done this? Oh my God. It's uh, I'm going to say like 16 years. Yeah. 16 years, I guess now. That's pretty solid. That's a that's a pretty solid uh, streak yeah. you got going there. Uh, I love to have uh, definitely like yeah the tradition of like watching certain movies every year. Um, like Trick or Treat <laughs> has been 
one of those movies, which will be talked about on the podcast here in a few weeks. Um, Boys in the Trees, which has already been talked about on the podcast, is another movie, like, since it's been released, I've watched it every year, because it just, like, feels right to watch on Halloween. So if you guys haven't seen Boys in the Trees, watch that movie, and then check out the episode we did with director Nicholas Verso. That was a, it was a really uh, great conversation. But yeah, I love having uh, those, like, consistent watches to watch every year. I, um... (laughs) While, while I just already mentioned like my movies that I watch every year, I, I want to shout out a tradition that I've always thought is stupid, but I've had to abide by just because of my hometown. So there's a thing in St. Louis specifically I've learned, I, or I learned this like uh, back in the day, but then once I've like mentioned it to other people, they're like, oh yeah, that is kind of weird. Or not weird, but just like something that people don't do is whenever you go trick-or-treating as a kid, you know, you go around, you trick-or-treat, get your candy. But for some reason, in St. Louis, somebody decided that they wanted to spruce it up. So there are people that when you, like, go trick-or-treat, they won't give you candy unless you tell them a joke and make them laugh. They'll be like, you'll go trick-or-treat, they're like, oh, you got to tell me a joke. And then you got to, like, tell it. And it's, like, usually for those, like, there'll be like three dads or something like sitting in the driveway. So you got to like tell it for like an audience or something. It's very strange. And I hated it as a kid, like having to come up with these like stupid jokes to entertain adults on Halloween. But then I found out that that's like a thing that only we do like consistently, I guess. So that's a just very strange tradition. It's not the worst thing in the world. It's just very odd. Yeah, that, that is odd. Like, like, has anyone asked your kid to tell we them did, a joke? Uh, no, no. But when I was a kid, I remember there were adults that were just kind of like dicks like that. You know what I mean? They're just like, oh, you got to tell us a joke to get your candy. And you're like, for fuck's sake, like, dude. <laughs> yeah. It's like, hey, I, I'm out here. It's probably cold where wherever you are during Halloween. And it's like, no, I got places to be. Give me the damn candy. But I but then I was like, yeah. but I I was surprised to find out that it's like very because like it's like very popular apparently in st louis it's like a a thing that we do don't know why but um yeah yeah no they i they don't haven't come across it now with my kid trick-or-treating i nobody's asked her i'd probably like just give her her candy exactly with you (laughs) exactly like yeah if i was like the parent i'd be like no dude just give my kid the fucking candy and like let's go like but then it's like (laughs) but then like parents but then like parents in st louis like encourage it too you know some parents if they if they're annoyed by it they'll give their kid a joke and they'll go oh hey tell them this and like that's a that was fun. Like if you arm a kid with like a dirty joke or something that they don't know what they're saying, but then they say it to another adult to get their candy, that is pretty funny. Those children should just revolt. <laughs> Run amok in the streets on Halloween. Right. Be like, we're not here to entertain you, damn it. This is our shit. <laughs> there you go. That's the next horror movie. You gotta and write that, this down. <laughs> yeah. And then and then Ernest comes in and has to defend the kids from the demon biker gang that's coming in. This is yeah, this is the next rated R family horror hit. We're good we're gonna have the best fun of for both. the whole family. Yeah, we're we're getting best of the both worlds here. 
Uh, I'm so excited, but that was uh, a fantastic episode. Thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on to Blade Blunt Cinema Club. Um, if you are working on anything or got your things to plug, this is your time now. I do have a Patreon. If you guys would like to check it out, it's Patreon Tales from the Stitch. Um, it's $5 a month, and you're entered into contest to win a yarn baby every month. So that's a you know, good little thing there. Um, you also get 20% off all the dolls in my shop if you're a Patreon member. So if you got $5 a month to spare, consider helping a gal out. Yes, please do so, guys. Make sure you are supporting independent artists out there. I will make sure I link the Patreon in the description for the podcast episode. Once again, thank you so much, Chelsea, for coming on the show. Oh, you're very welcome. <laughs> And that is how we start the Bloody Pumpkins Bonanza off with a bang. Such a great time talking to Chelsea. Please make sure you guys go visit her Patreon, which I will link in the description. Support spooky independent artists. An update from Chelsea, she did watch Scary Movie 2 after the interview and said that she liked it a lot more than the first. More about the horror movie homages and less absurdist comedy, but slightly less. It's still pretty raunchy and silly. But once again, thank you to The Stitch Keeper for stopping by. And also, once again, five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Five-star reviews. Other than that, you guys can find me at underscore Daddy Disco on Twitter and Instagram. Look out for my new column for Nightmare on Film Street called Stoner's Corner. It's me hissecting the trippiest horror movies I can find in the genre along with cannabis pairings and insight. It's a lot of fun. The first one was on the Japanese film Hausu or House in English. And uh, it's a very trippy movie from the 70s. Absolutely had a blast watching it. And it is 100% a movie you should watch high. But that is all she wrote, guys. Thank you for listening to the Bloody Blunt Cinema Club. New episodes every Tuesday. Next week, we are talking the Halloween franchise with writer and YouTuber Nolan Dean. So follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at BloodyBluntCC. And also, check out the Bloody Blunt's YouTube channel. And until next time, guys, stay lifted. <laughs>